The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 13, Episode 43. This is Writing Excuses, characters who are smarter than you are. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. Are we smart? How are we, we okay. we're smart. We're pretty we smart. We are rejoined. <laughs> we are rejoined for this episode by... 
uh, Amal El Motar, who I personally believe is very much that smart. But <laughs> even at that level, if she takes time, yes, we should actually introduce all of ourselves. Oh, he's damn. just demonstrating how not smart we are. I'm just, <laughs> I was so excited to be able to do something right. <laughs> And then Mary told me I didn't. You know, at some point, the opportunity might arise again. <laughs> so, I'm thinking 2020. Amal El Motar. What's your name? My name? Or her name? Your name. <laughs> My name. I couldn't hear you. I said, what's her name? I, and I, I, I was missing, like, a little piece of a syllable. He's Howard. I'm Mary Robinette. I'm Dan. I was going to start again. <laughs> Okay, you know what? We're keeping it. We're keeping it. We're, we're keeping it. I was going to pre-roll over the whole beginning again. Amal, thank you for joining us. I'm so sorry That's for how right. not smart we are. It's so nice to have you back. Because uh, you are. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Um, one of the trickiest things to do in any of our writing is to write a character who comes up with a solution that is super clever amazingly smart in just seconds and we try to write that in the same amount of time or even in 10 times that amount of time hmm. we try and write characters who are far cleverer than we are um what are the tricks that you use to make that happen one of the things that I often use is actually gifting the character with my indecision. Because what I find is that there are two things that, that will make a character seem smart. One is watching them go through the process, and the other is watching the, the, the logical jump. Um, strangely, I often find that watching them go through the process, especially early in the, the piece, will make the make the reader think, oh, this character is smart because they can see all of the logical chains. So when I'm I'm struggling, like, how would you solve this problem? Having having a character who is thinking, okay, I'm stuck in a room. How do I get out of the room? Uh, do I try that door? No, that door has killer bees outside it. Do <laughs> I try this door? There's someone with a drill outside it. <laughs> Whatever it is. Okay, so I know, I know, I will open this third door and there's a balcony and I, I can hang glide from it. Wh you know, whatever that process is, that, that gifting, basically what's happening there is I am brainstorming on the page in the voice of my character. And what the reader is receiving is a character is thinking logically through a problem. And then mm -hmm. later in the story, I don't have to do that. I can, I can brainstorm off the page and just have the character jump to that, and the reader will then assume that the character has exhibited all of those smarts because I've laid the groundwork early. Yeah, when you write that kind of brainstorming scene, and I do it a lot as well, I find that I almost always need to go back and clean it up a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to have the full brain vomit all over your screen, but keeping the key portions of it do. They, they set it up so your audience trusts you that the character is figuring out all the rest of the things that you don't have to show. Yeah. I think that the what you're describing there, too, is sort of a pacing issue more than anything else. There's, there's a difference in demonstrating an intelligent character's intelligence in film and television, which I think we're, we're really used to seeing at this point with, you know, especially in genre with Doctor Who and with Sherlock and all the iterations thereof. 
we're used to this kind of fast-paced banter stuff, things that are you, the audience, can't keep up with how smart the characters are. But on the page, I think that for that effect to be achieved, there's a certain degree of working the reader through the situation. So what you were describing, both of you, there is, is that giving the reader enough cues to understand the problem and get to solving it themselves as they're reading it is, I think, a big part of sharing in the intelligence of the character. Like, I think part of the question here is not only how do we make our our smart characters smarter than us, but how do we make our smart characters have smartness that the reader participates in in a degree that is enjoyable and, uh, or, and to what degree we want that joy to come in. Um, there are, like, I think of, there are narrative level joys there, uh, where you, you have a kind of meta experience of it. And there are character level joys where you're, you're tense and nervous and wondering how you're going to get out of that locked room as well with this character. And a big part of that is seeing how impossible it is to do that. So it Mm -hmm. feels like, like it's the, the pacing of it is, is kind of the middle of the Venn diagram between the brainstorming it in the first place and then the cleaning up of it afterwards that you just described. There's also a piece that if, if you're, I'm going to go back to the escaping the room, um, where you have something that many savvy readers will already know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, character says, uh, you know, grabs one doorknob. Ooh, that doorknob's that doorknob's really hot. I'm going to need a towel. Mm-hmm. No, wait, <laughs> doorknob's really hot. I shouldn't open it. There might be a fire on the other side. Right, because the reader might already know that thing. And the reader arriving at the conclusion before the character does. Mm-hmm is very satisfying for the reader. And this is a, that's a quick thing that you can give them. Uh, you may want, might not want to give them that for the whole book because yeah. then, oh, they totally saw it coming. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the doorknob's really hot. I'm going to use it to burn the ropes <laughs> that are holding my hands together before I do anything else and so on. Uh, what, I, I love what Amal said about characters, or the reader participating in the character's intelligence. Uh, and that, I think, is really important. And you can look at mysteries, which I think are a fantastic Mm. example of this. Because there's always, for me, the very disappointing mysteries are the ones where the key clues that solve it are stuff we hadn't heard before. Right. Or, you know, something that the amazingly brilliant detective has pulled out of the air. And we're like, oh, well, I didn't know about that, you know, offshore account. I couldn't (laughs) have solved this mystery. Um, Conan Doyle does this really well with Sherlock. One of the reasons that Sherlock Holmes has become such an iconic character is because for the most part, he does give us all the clues. Mm -hmm. And we can look back and go, oh, it was all there and I could have done this. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of my favorites is in the Redheaded League where he has an entire interrogation of a character and we think that that's important. And then at the very end, as they're walking away, Watson says, well, what did you learn? And he says, oh, it doesn't matter what I learned. I was just there to look at his knees. They're dirty. And we don't know why that's important, but we start to think about it and we realize his knees are dirty. He was kneeling in dirt. He was digging through (laughs) into the next building. That's so cool. And that makes us feel smart, which makes us think the character is smart. Right. And one of the things, I'm glad you brought up mysteries, because one of the things that I I, I often go back to is that there's a a difference between thriller and mystery, Mm -hmm. which is that in mystery, you're you're one step behind the detective. In thrillers, you're one step ahead of the character. And so when you're you're looking at whether or not you're making the character smart, part of that, that participatory aspect is 
whether you let the reader figure it out before the character or if they figure it out after. And I think if you want the reader to feel like the, this character is super smart, you let them figure it out one step after the character. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like pages and pages later, but but if you if you let them figure it out just a little bit later, and one of the tricks that I will do sometimes with that, you know, I will gift them with my uncertainty, but with what Dan was talking about, about cleaning up afterwards, I'll sometimes pull steps out. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that um, that allows my character to figure it out a moment before my reader does. Mm. Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's pause for our book of the week. Dan? Yes, our book of the week is is a really fantastic nonfiction called What If by Randall Monroe. This is the guy that does XKCD, uh, which is a really cool science-based webcomic. He did a book that I believe is subtitled Ridiculous Answers to Serious Scientific Questions. And he will take, people will ask him things like, what would happen if you had a mole of moles? Uh, and then he will go through into exhaustive detail all of the actual science behind if you had literally millions of moles, the animal, uh, just floating in space in a giant ball and how would gravity affect them and what would happen to them (laughs) and things like what would happen if a submarine went into outer space, all of these things. And in the process of answering these questions, you learn so much about the science and you learn in a very engaging way. And uh, it's something that I have continued to go back to as I write my fiction because there's really good science in there presented in a really intelligible, accessible it's, way. It's quite funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, what would happen if the pitcher threw the ball at the speed of light? And ha. he begins by telling you, okay, bad things are going to happen once we're moving at this speed. So let's assume that a moment after he releases the ball, it accelerates to the speed of light because, you know, that, that way the bad things are going to happen in a more interesting way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's he's got one where somebody asked if the planet in the Little Prince could actually exist and have its own gravity and people could oh. live on it. And in the process of explaining what would happen to a planet like that, what would it have to be like? How dense would it be? What would the gravity be like? I have gone back to that explanation over and over as I write my outer space science fiction because of the way he explains gravity. So What If by Randall Monroe is a really great resource. We recommend you look it up. Okay. Awesome. Um Coming back around to these, to, to our, our tricks for writing characters who come up with solutions that are a bit more brilliant than, than we've come up with. Have there been moments where you've been stuck and, and the solution you've arrived at is one you are particularly proud of and would like to share with the class? I do have one. Mm. Uh, in the first Mirador book in Blue Screen... I've got the characters caught in the middle of a drive-by gang war. Two rival gangs are shooting at each other. The main character needs to stop them, but she does not have combat powers. She is a gamer and a hacker. And I wanted to make sure to solve that problem with intelligence rather than with, you know, her just picking up a gun and, and going Rambo on everybody. And I had to stop and think about it for a couple of days before I figured out Oh, okay. I think some of these seeds that I've earlier put in about how pop-up, everyone has a computer in their head and pop-up ads will come and kind of intrusively uh, come into your vision. And so she was able to use that advertising system to blind all of the gang members, essentially, so they weren't able to attack each other. Hmm. It took me a few days to figure that out. She does it in seconds, and I'm very proud of it. DDoSed with pop-up ads. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's horrifying. (laughs) Uh, while you guys are, or while y'all are thinking about uh, the 
the answer to the question, I want to clarify something. Uh, this episode actually airs uh, just three and a half weeks from us recording it because it's a replacement episode. And so, Amal, you're not appearing a season later than oh. you appeared before. You're appearing right in the middle of the season in which we're already enjoying episodes with you. The thing that feels weird is that Dan and I have not had the opportunity to record with you. This is true. So, this is I'm, a delight. I have now recorded, well, when we, when we are done recording, I will have recorded with all the core cast hooray! of Writing Excuses, which is so, really any awesome. Other, any other boasting you'd like, to, you'd like to do? So with Calculating Stars, one of the challenges, and Faded Sky, one of the challenges that I had is that I have someone who can do math who's a mathematician and, and I am, I, I have dyscalculia. I, I like legit cannot do math, mm-hmm. uh, not in the math is hard, but like <laughs> I, I geometry fine. Absolutely. My spatial awareness, wonderful. Uh, arithmetic and I are, wow, really not friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have not been on speaking terms for <laughs> decades at this point. And I have this character who is a computer who's a, a calculator. I mean, what she does is she does math. Mm-hmm. So my problem was I don't. I'm not actually that interested in it. So what I did was I treated it like a magic system. And rather than having her do all of the math that I need her to do in these books, I laid the groundwork pretty early that Elma can do math. Mm-hmm. And then I decided that Elma can do math in her head and that she visualizes it, which is the same thing that they do in the television Sherlock Holmes films. Right. Uh, the, the series, the, the BBC series, where you get to see, you know, things whipping around him, mm-hmm. the, the visualization. Mm-hmm. Because that way, rather than having to explain the logical leaps, it's like, oh, magic system happens. Mm-hmm. Math is magic. <laughs> and And so I am particularly proud of that. Because it allows me to get around my own weakness in this area, while at the same time, because early on, I have every other character treating her as if she can do amazing calculations. Mm -hmm. And actually, through the entire book, everyone is like, oh, yeah, you know, no one is faster at math than Elma. She can do amazing math in Mm -hmm. her head. Everyone reacts to her as if this is a truth in the world, Mm -hmm. which means that I can just put the conclusions on the page. And I don't, in that case, have to step through the the process to get there. Similarly, uh, so I have this novella, which I've talked about it. No, I haven't talked about it yet. Oh, no, sorry. You will have talked about it. I will have talked about it. In an episode previously recorded. That's exactly it. That's exactly (laughs) it. I wish I could, I wish I were smart enough to make that seem like something that I just knew from understanding It's happened to us enough times that I already have all those parts of speech. (laughs) They are used to our time travel. (laughs) (laughs) So Max Gladstone and I have co-written a novella that is coming out uh, in probably, I think, probably, I think at July 2019. Um, And it's a book of two dueling time-traveling super spies, uh, one written by Max and one written by me. And I have a number of insecurities in this regard because, first of all, I mean, they're time-traveling super spies. They have all of time and space at their disposal. They are the best there. They, they're the best there are at what they do. That that Wolverine quote, what they do is not very nice, etc. Um, so they're brilliant. 
and they're constantly outsmarting each other and one-upping each other. I am not a time-traveling super spy. Probably. (laughs) Probably not. Uh, But... And the thing was, uh, the insecurity that I had around this is that I also haven't read a ton of spy fiction. Like, there are, I think, a lot of protocols around this uh, genre and that I I only feel glancingly familiar with. So what I started to do, I realized, with writing this character, and especially because uh, Max has a lot more of those protocols than I do. He is far more into the writing of um, action stuff. He's much more savvy with all of the the kind of especially cold war era stuff he's literally writing a serial for book burners uh no for book burners a serial for serial box which is not book burners which is the spy the witch that came in from the cold anyway it's literally soviet era spy stuff um so what i found myself doing was kind of the opposite of what you described at first mary robinette of the uh, of giving gifting the character the uncertainty i had my character strike strike constant confident poses and that confidence like that that maintaining of i know i'm a brilliant super spy i know that i can outsmart you and stuff and to just kind of dwell in the affect of knowing that she is that brilliant helps to overcome those hurdles so i feel like it was like a sustained thing across the whole project to just find the confidence to display that confidence on the page uh was the solve for me in that situation one of the, the the other things, like that that confidence mm-hmm. um, and the I don't know this thing uh, that I also find that I use is um, expert knowledge from other people, mm-hmm. ah, which yes. which I have talked about in in other places that that I am totally comfortable with going to someone and and just leaving blanks in my manuscript mm-hmm. and going to someone who actually is an expert in the field right. and then having them fill in my blanks so that my character is literally smarter than I am because they're talking about things that I know nothing about. Right. You know, whether or not that's one of my astronaut friends. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Do you have astronaut friends, Mary? I do. I know. I know it's shocking to everyone. Um, you want to know something funny? What? what? This episode airs immediately after writing excuses, interviews, and astronaut. That's so great. We couldn't well have timed this better. <laughs> well, that was exactly why we did this. We'll have done this. There's one quick thing I wanted to say, too, just about things that we've been discussing, it occurs to me that uh, some of the things that we've touched on are kind of generic distinctions between uh, in, in ways to talk about, to, to convey the smartness of characters who are smarter than we are. Um, because I think of, so we've talked about mystery, we've talked about uh, other stuff, but I, if you're writing a heist novel, for instance, uh, I have to assume that part of the way that you display the smartness of the character is by revealing afterwards how a thing was done. Um, And what you're doing instead of showing how smart they are is showing how impeded they are throughout in order to then kind of just reveal at the end the way Mm -hmm. that those things fell together. And it feels like writing kind of backwards the things that we were initially talking about. Yeah. And I I think that gets into that thing we were talking about earlier about whether or not you want the reader to be ahead of or behind... Yeah. The character. You were going to say something, Dan. Yeah, the the more that Amal is talking about this, I, I kind of coming to this epiphany that a lot of this intelligence that we see in characters follows the same principles 
of a horror movie when you finally reveal the monster. Ooh. Right? I am if the monster, that you refer to this. I know. Isn't sure. that weird that I would go here? <laughs> if, the, if, you, if you've been building up the monster as something horrible and then you finally show it and it doesn't live up to our expectations then it feels very disappointing. It yeah. feels so much worse than if we'd never seen the monster at all. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing this, if you're building up your character's confidence or intelligence or capability, and then we finally get to the point where we see them, for example, do some math, and it's like super simple math, <laughs> yeah. then that's not going to impress us. And we're going to be like, really? That's, that's the math that Elma's so good at? That's- and so that's one of the things I thought, for example, that Elma did really well, that you did well with Elma, was when we finally saw the monster, so to speak, when we finally revealed that capability that we'd been hearing so much about, it lived up, if not superseded, our expectations. And and because the reason it did that was because I was using someone else's math. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 one scene in the novel where I actually have her talking at length about a formula is when she is uh, at the congressional hearing, and there is a formula, and she's explaining it to the congressman. Mm-hmm. That formula comes out of Werner von Braun's Mars, a technical project, and Mar- mm-hmm. Werner von Braun was the father of of uh, modern, modern rocketry. rocketry. So, and and that formula, by the way, is ridiculous. <laughs> it is so long. And so she explains the first maybe 16th of the formula. Mm-hmm. And, and it is that, you know, again, it's like, I don't give the reader everything, but I give them... It, it, it is competence porn is mm-hmm. basically what we're dealing yeah. with. Yeah. Well, and one of the reasons, again, that that particular scene works well is that she is presenting it to a group of very smart, very capable, very competent people, and they can't follow it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we're seeing not only her own intelligence, but her comparative intelligence. Yeah. There is a, uh, a, a test, a quiz that's often administered to people who are hiring for program jobs. It's called the FizzBuzz test which is write a program that prints the numbers 1 through 100, that if it's a multiple of 3, you substitute the number with fizz. If it's a multiple of 5, it's buzz. And if it's a multiple of both 3 and 5, do fizz and buzz. Write a computer program that will do this. Elegant is good. Writing it quickly is good. Writing it so that it's tight is good. Uh, solve this problem for me. Let me see what kind of a problem solver you are. Hmm. My friend Dave was at an interview in which the guy asked this question, and uh, Dave said, well, first thing I'd do is I'd write a program that says call fizzbuzz.lib from whatever this hub is because someone else has already solved it. Ha! <laughs> and the guy laughed and laughed and laughed, and then, and then Dave provided his solution. And then that night, Dave went home wrote a very elegant, over the course of about four hours, uh, FizzBuzz program that he uploaded to the library so that when his boss-to-be came in the next morning to look it up, he found it (laughs) and saw who wrote it. (laughs) That is is smart. That is brilliant and beautiful and kind of hilarious. And on that note, I would like to offer our listeners some homework. Yes, please. Time is your friend. Your character might not have a lot of time, but you do. Write a solution off of the top of your head to a character problem that you are currently facing. First thing you can think of. Now, 
over the next couple of days. It might be two days. It might be a week. It, it might be longer. Spend time researching on the internet, in books, from friends, anything even tangentially related to that problem. Uh, maybe it's math. Maybe it's science. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's climate. Maybe it's geography. Maybe it's uh, pop-up ads. Hmm. Research these things. And as you are doing the research, write down the solutions that come to you. Then, after the end, after you've done all this, order those solutions in a list of what you think is uh, dumbest to smartest and see how much smarter you are able to get with time. You are out of excuses. Now go write, because this is writing excuses, and I got those out of order. <laughs> I'm terrible at this. <laughs> Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.